This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening. This is VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. Thank you for tuning in to this broadcast. It is Thursday, the 7th of March, 2019. The first broadcast, at least uh, done officially in the month of March. And, uh, well, time, (laughs) to make a very silly pun, time marches onward. Indeed it does. I hope this month is uh, starting out on a pleasant note for you. This is VORW International again. Uh, This program really is just a... uh, I call it a light entertainment program, where I just feature my talk, thoughts, opinions, views, on a broad variety of topics and subject matter. If you are listening into this broadcast right now, consider sending in an email if you're listening. If you have any thoughts on the show, feedback, reception reports, or correspondence, you can email me at vorwinfo at gmail.com. Also, as I reiterate in every program, this broadcast only stays on the air thanks to financial support from listeners just like you. If you'd like to support this broadcast, please consider doing so via PayPal at vorwinfo at gmail.com via PayPal. If you would prefer to use Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash the report of the week. Well, this week we're going to step outside and I have, you know, I had a few thoughts that I recorded the other day on an interesting topic. Hope you could stay tuned, and always remember, it's all a matter of perspective. So here we are. Another week, another night, another show. And, uh, as I immediately stated, as you've, if you've been following this show, I should say, anyway, if you've been following it regularly, if you're a regular listener, uh, you've, you've probably noticed that the time that I kind of pick up the microphone and do these outdoor, uh, spiels, uh, it certainly varies, and we're back at it with the night time again. Circadian rhythm always changing. But, uh, here we are. In the, uh, in the middle of the night, after, uh, 2 a.m. this time around, and here we are, so I hope, well anyway, I hope this last week has been a a good one for you, hope the month of March started off fine, as I always say, if it didn't start off on a good note, hopefully it shall end on a great note, it'll end better than than it started. So... First things first, this is one of those topics that I just want to want to cover very quickly. It's not even of relevance very much anymore, uh, because, you know, while I still broadcast this show on shortwave, this is not the primary means which I, uh, I do so anymore, you know, it's, it just isn't. Uh, things just change, you know, I kind of split it up, you know. Now, the talk is mostly online, and it goes out to a wonderful online audience. Um, and the shortwave, you know, it's like the music show, and uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, the future of that is kind of 
cast into doubt because, uh, you know, I couldn't even, I don't even know what, what listenership is at this point, um, but it seems to me that a, a lot more people prefer the, uh, talk show over the music show, and that's fine by me, nothing, nothing wrong with that, I have plenty to talk about, uh, but anyway, on, uh, one, one small note, on the 10th, bear this in mind, keep it in mind, remember it, uh, that we have the, uh, time change here in North America, I don't believe that it will be impactful to this show, uh, at all, really, because, I mean, it's not going to impact anything when it goes out on SoundCloud, you know, that's fine, there's no time for that, you can listen anytime you want, uh, same thing when it goes down to all the other platforms, Spotify, iTunes, uh, its own independent tune-in stream, you know, and all the other stuff, uh, that just comes down to whenever I release it, and that's not gonna change, you know, I always, I try anyway to do it in the early morning hours, or close to it anyway, so I mean, there's, there's no change, it's, that's, that's where that stands. Um, the two shortwave relays that I do for this program, the 4pm one on 7780kHz is going to stay at 4pm, there's no change there. The, well, let's see, the 8pm one, we'll see what happens with that. Probably going to end up getting moved to 9 because of this idiotic UTC uh, local time difference, which I hate. It's a strong word, but I truly, I hate it. Uh, but we won't even cover that, you know. It used to, uh, take up a lot of the show. I would have to explain, you know, because a lot of these shortwave stations use, uh, UTC. So then, of course, you know, if you have the local time that changes, UTC stays the same. And all of a sudden, all my shows get bumped back an hour or moved ahead an hour, and it screws everything up. And, you know... Listeners who don't tune in every week tune in at the time they thought they would be listening and they hear someone else's show and it's such a pain, you know. If I were uh, more keen to profanity on the air, I would certainly have some choice words for all of this, but, you know, I said just don't care about it this year. If, if anyone if anyone cares, email me. Uh, I'll give you an updated schedule. Otherwise, if you listen online, you know how to find it, you know time change or not, the t- you know, you could you could move the local time 12 hours and it's not going to change it because it's listening on demand, and I think that's the great thing about it, you know, you can listen to this show anytime you want, and I think that's a great thing, it's a great ability, you know, it's not like you're, you're tied to anything anymore, uh, the way it primarily used to be, no, you, you want to listen to it at 3 p.m. or 3 a.m. or 2 p.m. next week, by all means, go right ahead. So, you know, it's just one of the one of the great things about it, anyway. So, I have a few uh, miscellaneous topics to talk about in uh, at least this nightly, the nightly edition of the show. Number one, you know, sometimes it can be difficult. Just a quick point that I want to emphasize, and then I'll kind of get on to the the, uh, bigger 
thing I wanted to uh, address in this program. We live in a, a very negative world, a very negative culture, you know, you name it. And it makes sense. I mean, look, we have our opinions. Have I really been that positive um, when it comes down to, you know, like just a time change? You know, obviously not. uh, Because it gets on my nerves. Negativity. You know how they say uh, happiness and uh, positivity can be contagious. Yes, indeed it can. I think so. Negativity can as well. And, uh, you know, just just keep that in mind. It certainly can be. And uh, today's climate certainly feeds feeds off of it. Uh, though not that I, I think that it should be smiles 24-7. I don't. Um, you know, I, I think it's natural to have a bit of... Yeah, not, not to say that you should be depressed or you should be negative. But, like, the people who are cheery... 24-7, I think that you should have that mixture of emotions, uh, you know, sure, there should be more more good than bad, but, you know, a mix, depending on the circumstances, anyway, I don't know where I was trying to get with that, just, like I said, a very, very short uh, side anecdote, I should say. Now, this show, I don't, um, some people have described it as such. I don't try to make this a uh, motivational program, uh, but of course a lot of the topics that I uh, bring to the table perhaps uh, may deal with such matters. It's really whatever I'm kind of thinking of, whatever I want to talk about, and then I just kind of, I go off of your listener uh, submitted suggestions. So then if you want to hear me talk about, I don't know, clown statues, odd thing that may be. If you want to hear me talk about it, then of course I'll add my input and uh, insight and go from there. But of course I always have a little bit of a knack for just trying to discuss uh, whatever moral, philosophical topics, whichever ones come to mind, uh, because that kind of stuff won't really go over well on the main YouTube channel that I do. You know, people don't want to hear it. They want to see the new review, and I don't blame them, you know, it's kind of, I typecast myself, and that's fine by me, uh, so that's why we have this other platform, where if I want to rattle on about rogue waves, or, uh, whatever, you know, I can, I can go for it, if I want to give my thoughts on, uh, depersonalization, derealization, can go for it, if I, what do I think is the universe a simulation? I'll go for that too. Whatever's on my mind, I'll spew it out. Uh, as I have been for probably the last uh, 20, I don't know, I was going to say 10 or 20, and it just kind of came out the same way, but last a set of minutes. But one topic that I think I have emphasized more than once, once, I think a lot of people talk about this. In regards to, uh, anything, really. You know, let's just say goals, right? Setting a goal. Um, trying to accomplish something. Trying to make something work, right? And I have, in many cases, tried to hammer in that theme of perseverance, of persistence, 
of not giving up. And I think that for so many endeavors, whether that be something very personal, could be relationship, trying to raise your family, your pets, you know, trying to just do the best job you can, could be something like that, very personal, could be academic, trying to perform as well as you can in school, uh, could be in the workplace, trying to do the best job you can, improve the projects, uh, get up the corporate ladder, uh, or just try to provide exemplary service, could be, of course, in the creative realm, if you have that idea you wish to pursue, uh, you know, to try to keep at it, and, and keep it going. And that's something that I tried, of course, to hammer in, uh, repetitively, because it's something that I went through myself. Uh, where, I mean, I've, I've been doing this for eight years, and there were times when I wanted to give all of this up. Uh, many times. Because, like anything, it has its ups and downs, its highs and its lows. And sometimes, of course, during those low periods, you know, your frame of mind isn't always going to be as advocative of it I may be. Won't always be look out on the bright side, you know, and, and keep going. Sometimes you'll get in that rut, and uh, of course I have, and you might think the worst for a bit. And then it'll kind of settle out after a while and keep it on, keep on going. Right. But that's why I kind of hammer it in so many times, because there were many times when I wanted to to give up, but I kept pushing. And, you know, it, to me anyway, everyone has their own definitions of what the desired outcome is, what they deem successful or otherwise. But to me, you know, the outcome is, is incredible. One thing, though, that I think isn't talked about enough, because maybe it just doesn't make a good topic, but I think it is an extremely important one, and something that I think should be addressed. Maybe they, they don't address it as much uh, because they don't want to leave the wrong impression, or that lingering train of thought. But I'm going to go all in tonight. Sometimes it's okay to give up. As a matter of fact, sometimes, yes indeed, giving up may be the best thing to do. Now, before I say anything else, this is something that is highly circumstantial. And to me, in most situations, I would assess it, I would look at whatever is going on, and if it's still something that I want to do, and think that it can be done, even if I'm kind of, if I feel like I'm at an impasse, but I still, you know, have that drive to, to keep trying. Then I'm going to keep trying, 
And bear in mind that there is a difference between taking a break and giving up. Taking a break, that's saying, alright, let's say I'm writing a short story, I'm at the writer's block, I don't know what to do next. I'm just going to put this project on hold for a few weeks, and hey, you know, if the ideas come back, uh, then I'll resume it again. You know, giving up is saying, look, this just, it's not working, and, you know, that's it. It's done. It's, it's just, it's, you know, it's not working. I'm not going to do anything more with it. It is highly circumstantial. But sometimes I think that theme of never giving up. Well, I think that, like I said, in most situations, that persistence and perseverance is extremely important. Depending on what the situation is, though, sometimes giving up may very well be the best thing to do. And sometimes I think it's something that doesn't even cross our mind. You know, we don't, we're, like I said, never give up, right? But what if, what if that is the best thing to do? I'd like to give a few examples of situations where perhaps giving up is the best thing to do. And I think you'll see right off the bat that these are more extreme situations. As I said, it's all very circumstantial. Let's say, for instance, that you are in an abusive relationship. Now, that can be physically, verbally, but things just, they aren't good. And you are the victim of this individual's abuse. Now, thankfully, you don't see it as much as you used to. Though I could guarantee you that in some cases this mindset certainly still exists. Where, you know, just just tough it out, you know? Just, just get, get through it. Uh, you know? You can, you can deal with it. You can bear it. Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't give it up, you know, maybe, maybe it'll get better, uh, keep, keep, keep it going, right? That's what some people might say. You know this situation. You know what's going on. And sometimes, if things are bad, walking away and calling it quits is the best thing to do rather than trying to keep things going. Going over to another instance, let's say that you have a aspiration of trying to oh, get attention on on social media and be you know successful on whatever platform you like. I'll say YouTube because that's what I'm most familiar with, and you're going ahead. You're, in, you know, you've, you've put forth a lot of money into this, okay? I mean, you, you got a special computer for this. You're paying for premium editing programs, you name it. You bought microphone setup, lights, good camera. 
and all of the necessary little attachments here and there and you're going all out okay so at this point you've invested let's say you have in your savings maybe two thousand dollars and you invested at least half of that thousand bucks into this YouTube channel in hopes because you're really feeling it right you think that if I do everything right this might take off and end up paying for itself you took that gamble and you're going you're uploading you're trying to go out and making these videos you're you know of course in doing these videos right you're spending money there too you're trying to buy props um, maybe even some some clothing if you want to wear that you, you know whatever it might be you're investing constant money in this in hopes that it will pay off that it will get that attention that viewership that audience that at some point it will be self-sustainable and even profitable but let's face it YouTube is a big platform and there are lots of other people in the exact field that you are in competing with you and things just haven't been going well haven't been going well videos haven't been getting the views that you wanted them to get heck despite all of the effort all of the time and all of the money you've invested into this project you don't even have enough viewers or subscribers to even monetize it yet maybe you get five views per video and you're trying everything you're trying to promote it but there's other people promoting their things too on social media and it's just kind of getting lost out there in that sea of other voices trying to do the same thing it's not taking off and at this point you've been at it for not just weeks for months and it's clear at this point that it's not taking off that passion for it has died and with that that motivation to keep it going is really wavering at this point and like I said the budget's tight you made that gamble you hoped that it would end up paying off financially very clearly though it's not and at this point things are difficult you're left with a decision cost of living in the area has gone up my day job is barely covering this at this point I have to make a decision if I keep this up and keep investing into these videos I'm not gonna have enough money to be able to pay the rent or the bills or perhaps even for food so what should I do should I make that final gamble keep at it with this channel that I I don't even really have the motivation for anymore or should I just give it up stop the project wipe the slate clean maybe even sell some of the equipment that I had be able to make a little bit more to cover the increased cost of living and with that slate having been wiped clean perhaps some other additional ideas will come about it might even be freeing it might help the psyche help your mood help your mind 
improve things, and maybe some other good ideas may come about. If you are in a situation where pursuing this goal is having a detrimental effect on you or your well-being, then consider that option of quitting. Consider what will happen if I quit. Will I be better off if that action is taken? And likewise, if you are in a situation where the goal upon which you are trying to pursue is unattainable, is quitting the best thing to do? And in both of those situations, coming to that realization and addressing the possibility of quitting can be quite difficult. Because a lot of the time, if we end up in a situation whereby the goal is not able to be reached, and it's unattainable, sometimes we don't want to admit that. I get it. Sometimes you think, no, but I, I still think I can get there. You know, I, I, still, I still think there's that, there's that chance. Well, maybe there is. But you have to look at it practically, too. How reliable is it that this goal actually be reached? And sometimes that can be an eye-opener. For instance, if for some reason you determined that putting all of your money into the uh, lottery, let's just go with the Powerball. I always like the Powerball lottery. It's always been my favorite one. Not that I ever won anything from it, but I've always liked it. Just, I don't know why. I like the scratch-offs, too, though. That's, that's smaller change. That's probably the most fun, but anyway. Let's say you, uh, you know... You're putting all your money into these lottery tickets, thinking that, well, it just needs, I just need to win once. Consider the odds of winning the lottery. I personally don't think pursuing the lottery should be something truly serious. Yeah, you can go out every week, buy a ticket, but don't invest significant sums into it, hoping that there will be that payoff. Unless you're fully aware of those risks, and that's something you want to do. I don't recommend it. But... It can be tough. It can be very difficult. Because sometimes we'll still see, we'll still think, well, maybe there's that little chance that it'll work out. You know, things might be pretty bad now, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, they'll get better. But ask yourself this. What if, as difficult as this prospect may seem at this current time, I stop now. What if things get even better then? That's just something to dwell upon. In general, giving up should be a last resort. I, I personally think, like I said, that in most situations, I think persistence and dedication is key. In most normal circumstances, that, that should be the case. But like I said, there are those instances where, in my opinion, giving up may very well be the best course of action to take. Something to consider. So we are back inside now, 
and we officially begin the second half of this broadcast where we really focus on you, the listener, and we get to some of your topic suggestions and questions. If you would like to contribute any feedback on the show, it is appreciated. You can send me an email, as I've repeated before, and I'll probably say again via rwinfo at gmail.com. Uh, we do get many pieces of feedback each and every week. I'd like to just say hello to a few of our online listeners. Nick in Washington, D.C., Daniel in New Zealand, Amber B., and Sonny in Pensacola, Florida. Thank you all for tuning in online. And on shortwave, we hear from Doug in Georgia, listening on 5850 shortwave, Mike in Portland, Oregon, listening on 5850, and we also heard from a listener in Algeria, tuned in on 7780 kHz shortwave. Before we begin, there's two things I would just like to say. Number one, of course, I think it's... I think it's great, you know, considering what's going on, at least uh, in Venezuela, as well as uh, Jammu and Kashmir in India. Neither of those have fully gone out to a, uh, as you would say, a hot war, and that's good. Uh, as I said, if, if a peaceful solution can be done, you know, that's, you know that's, that's my preference. Venezuela, though, is certainly something to keep an eye on and see what happens. And otherwise, there's, uh, you know, it's India and Pakistan. The relationship there has always, always been a, uh, a very rocky one, nonetheless. Now, one other thing that I just wanted to mention, very briefly, uh, in, in passing, really, but it was just of interest, meteorology, the, the study of, of weather, has been of interest to me. And while I know close to nothing about it, it still is of, of fascination. If you were checking the news recently, you may have heard that there were some incidents, especially in Alabama, due to a tornado outbreak that happened, I believe it was in Lee County, Alabama where a wave of very severe thunderstorms passed over and it led to 23 deaths as these storms produced tornadoes. Tornadoes are nothing, nothing to mess with, especially considering the fatal tornado was EF4 status, resulting in wind speeds of 170 miles per hour that's 275 kilometers per hour. Over 50 people were injured as well. Now you might be saying, well, yes, of course, I, I know that tornadoes are dangerous. What are, you, what are you trying to tell me? The one thing to always keep in mind, and I say this because having lived in New York for a while, Tornadoes were, I mean, they, they didn't happen there. You know, not these, these large uh, twisters, <laughs> as some people like to regard them as. They simply didn't happen. Severe thunderstorms did, but just the topography didn't allow for the formation of that significant 
circulation and allow there to be that tornado on the ground. But nonetheless, I remember when there would be storms passing through, I would sometimes listen to the weather radio or watch the television, and sometimes they would declare there to be a tornado watch and even a tornado warning. And with it having happened so many times, and there was never a tornado, I just grew complacent. I really, more or less indifferent is the best word, I didn't care. I thought, well, there it is again, you know, tornado warning. There's obviously not going to be any tornado. So, you know, on, on with the day. The one thing to keep in mind is regardless of likelihood or not, that's not saying that you should drop everything and hit the dirt, tornadoes do happen. And if a warning is given by the National Weather Service, they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. They have instruments available of far greater sophistication than just what we see when we look out the window and think, ah, there's no, no tornado there. Their observations are something that you should heed and not just let go in one ear and out the other. I say this from my own mistakes and just reading on the news about these incidents that have happened. If there's a tornado warning, act on it, especially if there are very severe storms in the area. The residents in Lee County, Alabama, who were hit hardest by these storms, were given 12 minutes to prepare as a tornado warning was sent out to them. Now sometimes you'll be in a situation where there's not much you can do, but other times that 12 minutes can be life or death, and it can make all the difference as to what course of action you take. Be prepared, better safe than sorry. All right, so we're going to get to a few of your questions right now, and uh, we're just going to run through them. So the first question, or really I, sh I, sh I should say topic suggestion, uh, many of these did come in the form of a question, uh, but in general, you know, if it's just something you want to talk about, whatever, it doesn't need to be, you know, it's just, I don't know, I guess maybe the first one was a question, that's why I called it that. Anyway, it comes from a listener in Florida, his name is Sean, he said, what are your thoughts on comic books and comic book movies. Uh, do you love them? Do you hate them? Do you prefer Marvel or DC? I know that this is something that a lot of people are uh, very, you know, they're very opinionated about. Not necessarily in a serious way, you know, they just have their loyalties to one or the other. I'm not a huge uh, superhero fan. Not that I have any sort of disdain for it. It's just not of any tremendous interest. Uh, you know, I kind of say, well, I don't have any um, any preference. I don't mind, you know, it's not like I hate DC or, or prefer Marvel. Both of them are fine. Uh, I'm indifferent to it. The one thing that gets me in regards to the movies, this is the only thing that really came to mind, 
I remember... I, I forget the name. This was years ago, probably five or so years ago. I went to the theater and saw some, you know, superhero movie. Maybe it was with Superman, maybe it was something else. It was new at the time. It wasn't like some old film. And what always got me was just the fact that you know, these battle scenes where, you know, it's like one one great, uh, you know, powerful superhero versus another one or whatever. It's like, I don't know, to me they seem drawn out to the point where you just kind of want it to end. And what always gets me is just the amount of destruction that they always have to cause when they're fighting. You know, like in this movie, they were uh, fighting it out in some city, right? Oh, and they were just blowing one building up after the next and destroying everything in sight. And I was thinking, you know, couldn't they be a little more considerate and maybe, I don't know, fight this uh, over the ocean or, uh, you know, in a in a more desolate location? You know, I understand you gotta defeat the bad guys, but you're probably taking millions of innocent people uh, with you. So that that's the one little thing that always, always gets me. Uh, but, you know... They gotta find a way to make it interesting, and that destruction is a is a guaranteed way to do so for most audiences. All right, our next uh, request comes from Nick in uh, Wildwood, Missouri. He writes, "I have another topic suggestion. What do you think of the tiny house craze that seems to be becoming pretty popular, especially with the younger generation?" Thank you, Nick, for your topic suggestion. Now, I don't have anything against that. Is it necessarily something that the people who do this are doing by choice? I think there certainly is a percentage that maybe wants to live in a very minimalistic way. They don't have much in means of possessions, material items, uh, and they don't mind living in a small space. You know, I don't, I don't mind living in a small space. Trust me, I. If I ever hit the, uh, you know, the, the big-time lottery winnings, right, I'm not going to go out and, and buy a huge mansion. It's more space than I need, you know? What, what, what would I want to do with that? If anything, if I had a, a house that was bigger than I really knew what to do with it, it would honestly creep me out more than anything, because, you know, you could have someone hiding in there. You'd never know. You know, that stuff has happened before, and, uh... No, no, you know, having having just enough space. Don't need don't need too much. Um, as long as there's just enough to have what's necessary, that's okay. But one thing that I think, perhaps this is just a, a blind guess, why it may be uh, becoming popular. Now I've known of this since around 2012. Real estate is a fascinating thing. And from my understanding, the housing market is, uh, is in an interesting spot right now. In most of the United States, it seems to be slowing down, if not declining. Uh, in Florida, it's it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, it just keeps going up and up. And I think some people, especially younger individuals. Uh, just got out of college or have, have, you know, been out of college for a few years, have the uh, never-ending student loans that you know, they have to pay, 
the money might not be coming in at a, a crazy rate, and they don't necessarily want to deal with, uh, you know, renting, so they would, you know, they'll try and find whatever whatever they can get. Sometimes that's the only affordable option uh, that could even exist. If, you know, depending on location, what you want, what you're interested in, sometimes very, very small little house, you know, a tiny house, like you said, is all that can be, all that can really be uh, obtained, perhaps. You know, as I was saying with the Florida housing market, one thing that I saw that was uh, insane, I remember there was a listing in the uh, Orlando area, and it was for this piece of garbage. Uh, it wasn't, I couldn't even call it a house. I couldn't even call it a tiny house. It was, you know, think of like a shed. And that's what it was it was a shed. And it was not in pristine condition. It was probably falling apart. Didn't look like it was in the best neighborhood. It was really something that was a piece of garbage. And would probably be better off getting demolished, because I don't think it's probably safe to live in at all. And I think they were trying to sell it for $150,000. So you look at that, then you figure in, let's say, Florida, what some houses cost. I could understand the, the rationale, uh, you know, for trying to go with one of the tiny houses, uh, because it may guarantee you a certain quality of life, and it might still leave you with, uh, financially speaking anyway, something that you can still, still survive, still continue with. So that's my thoughts, but I figure, you know, if someone wants to live in a small house, and they can do so comfortably, they're not hurting anyone, you know? They, if that's what they want to go with, then go for it, you know? So I haven't any problem with that. The next uh, question comes from David. He just had a quick one. He said, I was watching the uh, eight-year anniversary show uh, the other week. I see a lot of people on na online call you Review Bra. Who came up with that nickname. Now that's a darn good question, David. Because, you know, when you really look at it, right, is the name Review Bra necessarily fitting of what it is that I do? Not necessarily. The name Review Bra came about in early 2013 when my videos were initially popular on uh, bodybuilding forums, believe it or not. Why it was popular there, I, I never know, it just was, you know, the community there just, I guess, enjoyed the content. And at the time, I don't know if it's still the case anymore, a lot of the guys in this uh, community called each other, you know, bra. That was just kind of, it was just a slang used there. And someone came up with the idea, went with it, and nicknamed my channel Review Bra. Now, I embraced it, kind of just, you know, tongue-in-cheek as a bit of a joke, but it caught on. And the simple reason 
why this nickname, Review Bra, caught on, even if it is not necessarily reflective of perhaps my style of, of broadcast and video producing, is for one simple reason. It is more catchy and easier to remember than the full YouTube channel name, The Report of the Week. You know, Review Bra, The Report of the Week, right? Which one is going to be easier to remember, easier to write, easier to search? Review Bra. Every single time. Now, I prefer The Report of the Week, but when it comes down to SEO, trying to, you know, make sure whatever I produce is, is found easier, I know that most people aren't going to go out and type up this long thing and, you know, make sure all the wording is right and the spaces and all of that. They would prefer one word if they can get it, and I understand that. So, it's easier to remember, and, you know, that's just the simple fact of it all. Same thing with even this show. I used to say, oh, you know, you could find this show on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash v-o-r-w underscore radio underscore i-n-t. And, you know, people did find it there. But again, it was complex. A lot of people just weren't willing to, to go and do it. Then when I changed the name just to soundcloud.com slash v-o-r-w, well, now... Just having to type in those four simple letters makes a world of difference. So, I embraced it, and, you know, under the simple pretense that it's easy to memorize, easy to use, and there's really, I mean, there's nothing offensive behind it, it's fine, you know, I don't, I don't mind it at all. But that's where that comes down to, because even before the channel ever took off. I remember trying to tell people what the channel's name was. I remember saying, yeah, you know, I do the reviews. Uh, the channel's name is the Report of the Week. The the what? The, 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 the what? The review of the what? Could you say that again? You wouldn't believe the amount of times that I had that said to me. So I realized, well, the review bra thing, you know, it might not totally be me, but it works. And... Like I said, it's just a, it's something that sticks in people's heads a lot longer than the, uh, you know, than just the channel's regular name. Now, this next uh, topic suggestion comes from Gary. He had a few that he wanted to hear about, but one caught my eye. He wanted to know my thoughts on the Mandela effect. This is a fascinating thing. The Mandela Effect, in short, came about as really something that people like to just call false memories. And it was dubbed the Mandela Effect due to false memories of the death of South African leader Nelson Mandela in the 1980s. Obviously, he didn't die back then, but a lot of people allegedly remembered him dying back in the 80s. People were saying, wait a minute, you know, I, th I thought I thought he died then. I thought he died in prison. What's what's going on? Why? I don't I don't remember him still being here. Then another 
famous instance is uh, in regards to the cartoon, the cartoon literature, I should say, the uh, Bernstein, Bernstein Bears in regards to the spelling of it, uh, where many people thought it was spelled B-E-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N, Bernstein Bears, when really it's S-T-A-I-N. Other people will look at the map of the world and see that geography may not be the way that they remember it, that names may not be the way that they remember them being. It's a fascinating thing. Now, many uh, psychiatrists, psychologists, simply consider this to be a false memory, which is a psychological phenomenon where a person recalls something that did not happen or differently happened from the way uh, they remember it. And they say that with the Mandela effect coming into, you know, pop culture, there are communities of people that just kind of feed this. And they'll say, wait a minute, you know, I, I don't think I remember it this way. And then someone else will say, yeah, you're right. You know, and it'll kind of feed on itself. Now, the people that believe the Mandela effect believe a lot of the time in regards to parallel universes and that each universe has its own history, for instance, many of them very similar to ours. And sometimes things will jump, things will skip, go from one to the next, largely without our even knowing, but there will be minuscule changes, like, you know, when they thought someone died, or what the name of this street was, or, you know, where this one island in the Pacific happens to be. Now that's different. And they speculate that this came to be because we skipped to another universe at this point. Now, I know that's pretty uh, far out, but I remember... Now, I always treat it with skepticism. I believe it to be false memories that are kind of just fed about by a, a community, you know, the community atmosphere. But I'll tell you this. When I first heard about the Mandela Effect back in, it was either 2014 or 2015, I've got to tell you, it wasn't really the uh, pop culture references or any of that that got me, but it was geography. Some of the things people started mentioning, and I thought to myself, wait a minute, you know, cause I, I, I enjoy maps. And they were saying, you know, now it seems like in this universe, the continent of South America has vastly shifted to the east. Before then, it seemed like it was directly south of North America. Now almost all of it is to the east of North America. The Panama Canal does not run east to west anymore. Rather, it runs north to south. The natural coastline of Alaska seems to be widely different than I recall it. Japan seems to be a lot closer to North, South Korea, Russia than I ever recall it. And I always thought that New Zealand 
was more along the same latitude as Australia. Now it seems further to the south. And I remember looking at that and genuinely being freaked out for a while because I thought to myself, wait a minute. Damn, you know, this this does seem different than I remember it. And that was, you know, that was pretty crazy. Now, in the end, I believe it to be attributed to false memories, uh, because really, you know, how often do we search up these individuals in question or really study the world map and its, uh, you know, geography, topography, etc.? Not very often. But I'll have to tell you this. I was, uh, I was very thoroughly confused for a bit when I first discovered it and looked at the map, and all of a sudden I started noticing these alleged inconsistencies that other people were pointing out. And that was freaky, I have to say that. So, uh, that's my two cents. But really, in this world of ours, there is so little we can truly prove. What if it is parallel universes and somehow it did skip? I mean, I can't prove that it didn't. I don't believe that's the case, but who am I to say that? It's just, it, that is a, a fascinating topic, if you ever want to look that one up. Absolutely fascinating. And now we have two final questions or topic suggestions. The first one comes in from Becky and Koki Hansen. They said, can you please talk about the double Del Burger from Del Taco? I think I recommended that after you reviewed a taco from there, and then I remember on a live show you said you really liked the burger a lot. Uh, just your thoughts on it. So thank you for your question. And really, you know, of course it's a burger, but there's not much to say about it. Del Taco is a chain restaurant. Most common, I believe, on the West Coast. I think it's biggest in California, perhaps in the Southwest as well. I know in the Northeast, I never came across one. And here in Florida, there are a few, um, you know, especially in the tourist areas. I've always liked their, their food, but sometimes we can always be a bit hesitant, so to say. When we are trying a, an item from a place that does not specialize in this. Because while tacos and burgers can, yes, you can stem them both to, to being beef products, there's a big difference there. And Del Taco had this uh, burger that they sell there as well, just called the uh, Double Del Burger, and it's, it's like your cheeseburger. It's just got, I think, two patties, some lettuce, tomato, I think, they have, I think they have like a special sauce, you can get some bacon on it, some cheese, and it was surprisingly good. I mean, I was blown away by this thing. Now, it's not to say that it's the greatest burger in the world, far from it, I would wager. However, a burger from a taco place, I, I do have to give them credit. It's, I mean, it's pretty good for what it's worth, I, I'll have to tell you that, really. And if any of you listening ever go to Del Taco and, you know, never had it, I recommend you give it a shot. It might not be your thing, I, I get that. I You know, everyone has different flavors and taste preferences, and that's understandable, but it's something that you should give a try, because it, I think it does hold its own. 
and uh, I was surprised too. I didn't think it would be any good. Far better than I ever expected it to be. Uh, just a case, you know, don't don't judge a book by its cover because it was quite. I mean, it was quite good. So thank you for your topic suggestion there. And then our final one comes from Mary in Halifax, Massachusetts. She says, I liked the recent talk about true crime. Uh, do you enjoy reading about unresolved mysteries? Uh, those are always interesting to me. She says, one of my favorites is the Max Headroom broadcast intrusion. Uh, so creepy. Are there any cases like that which interest you? Absolutely. Uh, unsolved mysteries and all of that type of stuff, you know, the the unknown, is uh, absolutely fascinating to me. One case that I was reading about, and I have read about in great great extent, but still is fascinating, was uh, D.B. Cooper. You can, you can read about him if you ever want to. It's a long, long Wikipedia thing, but it is fascinating. D.B. Cooper. Um, what he is, he was, he was an unidentified man who hijacked a Boeing 727 aircraft in the Northwest United States in the airspace between Portland, Oregon and Seattle, Washington on the afternoon of Wednesday, November 24, 1971. And he was able to extort $200,000 in ransom, that's the equivalent of over a million dollars today, and then parachuted out of the plane was never caught. No one ever knew what happened to him. They never found the body. Nothing. They have no idea who this guy ever was, what his past life was. No one knows. No one even knows what his real name was. You know, they just call him D.B. Cooper, but they don't know. This happened in 1971. The only evidence that they ever even found of this guy was almost 10 years later, where uh, just a, a young child on the banks of the Columbia River, I believe in Washington State, found a few stacks of, of money in, in very terrible condition, uh, buried, you know, kind of just washed up in the sand 10 years later. And it turned out that those bills were part of the extortion money. They never found anything else. They never found a body, no parachute, no skeletal remains, you know, he just, he hijacked this plane, pretty much got it off, you know, got everyone off, the, the passengers, he got it to land, got the money, he got four parachutes, and then wanted the plane to fly to Mexico, and apparently as they were flying over the Pacific Northwest in uh, cold, rainy conditions, this is at night at this point, he opened up the back, parachuted out into the darkness never to this day found. That's a case, of course, this is the very short version of it, but it's fascinating to to read. In my opinion, I think that he died. I, I don't think he made it to the ground in one piece. And if he did, I don't think he survived from there. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, they never found him. Your Your guess is practically as good as mine, but yes, unsolved mysteries are absolutely fascinating and there's more more than you could ever count some of them are more on the silly side some of them are creepy and some of them are just plain fascinating and i would say that the db cooper one which i was recently reading about is very much on the fascinating side 
And with that, I think that's all that I really have for today's show. I hope this show was uh, fascinating. I, I kind of say that tongue-in-cheek, but I hope it was of interest to someone somewhere. Again, any last-minute feedback is welcome, V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. And also consider supporting this broadcast, V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com via PayPal, or via Patreon at patreon.com slash week. You can always catch this show every week, every Thursday, youtube.com slash podcast. You can find it on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash V-O-R-W. You can find it by searching V-O-R-W on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, and Pocket Casts. With that, thank you for tuning into this broadcast, and we'll conclude this show with a word from the individuals who sponsor it and help keep it going. Until next week, take care. This is VORW. This broadcast is brought to you by Database Pros for HR databases, HOA databases, and more great database software. Check them out, db-pros.com. That's db-pros.com. This broadcast also is sponsored by Brandon M. Lohman of Lohman Law PLLC. They provide professional, competent, dedicated, and courteous service. Loman Law PLLC has represented clients in matters of personal injury, tribal law, oil and gas law, and criminal defense. They are licensed in the state of North Dakota, the state of Minnesota, Fort Berthold District Court, Standing Rock Tribal Court, Federal District Court of North Dakota, and the Federal Court of Claims in Washington, D.C. Loman Law PLLC is based in Grand Forks, North Dakota. If you need help with your legal claim, contact Loman Law PLLC to set up a free consultation. Their contact information is as follows. You may find them at lomanlawfirm.com. That's L-O-M-M-E-N-L-A-W-F-I-R-M.com. Lomanlawfirm.com. Facebook.com slash Lomanlaw. You may reach them via telephone at area code 701 Two one three five nine eight six, or via email at lomanlaw at gmail dot com.